Welcome back to the Lou Perez podcast. My name is Lou Perez, and I'm happy to report that right now you can order my book. That's right. I wrote a book. It's called That Joke Isn't Funny Anymore on the Death and Rebirth of Comedy. Follow the link in the description or head over to Amazon and search for Lou Perez. That joke isn't funny anymore. If you want other options on how you can buy my book, please sign up for my newsletter at theluperez.com. You could also join my community at theluperez.locals.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could leave a five-star review, that would be amazing. Whether you're a long-time listener or first-time, five-star reviews are lovely. If you're looking for other ways you can support me, you can do so by supporting my sponsors. If you're into CBD products, please check out PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Use promo code Lou to get 25% off purchases over $75. And if you like cold brew, check out Black Organic Cold Brew at www.blvckbrew.com and use promo code Lou for free shipping. All right, let's go. Very happy to be joined by my next guest. You may know her as Exilancic. And if you follow her, uh, or if you don't follow her, you can follow her on exulansic.com, E-X-U-L-A-N-S-I-C.com. Before we started this, I already, uh, I, I wonder that I was probably going to mispronounce uh, the, the word, the name. So I'm, I'm going to refer to her as X uh, from now on. So X, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Nice yeah. to meet you. Yeah. Um, so I guess the first question I have is, um, uh, what does Exilensic mean? Like, where, where did that come from? Is that a real name or, uh, I, I, you know, uh, so the, the, it's, it's, it's not my, my given name, but it's uh, a word I gave myself. Uh, it, uh, comes from John Koenig, uh, a dictionary of obscure sorrows. Uh, so there's one of the words is Exilensis, uh, which refers to the feeling of, uh, a life experience that was very significant, uh, being so disconnected from the rest of your life story that you stop trying to talk about it. You stop trying to share it because other people can't relate to it. Wow. Uh, so I took that word and I made it an adjective. Wow. And it, was there, was there something uh, in your own life that, you know, that, that you have your own, you know, sort of moment that. Oh, I've had a lot of those. I've, I've had <laughs> kind of a strange. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, the way that I came, uh, that I found you, um, and, uh, Subsequently, I've, I've enjoyed the work that you've done on uh, on Odyssey. Um, you, I watch your videos there, and then also on um, you, you've delved into TikTok. I'm there too. I'm 40 years old, and I'm on TikTok, but I'm a comedian, so I guess it's. I mean, it's kind of lame that I'm on TikTok, but uh, no, it's um, great. TikTok's the future. <laughs> it is. It is the future. The future is very specific and controlled by China. Yeah, and very short. The wrong so, opinions, you're out of the future. Sorry. Exactly. Um, so, so I came upon uh, upon you on uh, trigonometry, and I'm friends with uh, Constantin and and Francis, and uh, I, I was a, a guest on their uh, on their podcast years ago, and then uh, they came and, and were on my podcast, and um, the subject matter that you guys were talking about were uh, uh, trans issues, um, and uh, you know I, I I'm up on my my trans issues, I guess, as any you know. Uh, cis hetero male uh, can be. And uh, I have to say that the episode that, that you were on, I, you were saying a lot of things that I had never heard uh, before that give me a lot of, uh, it, it was a perspective that I, I think uh, 
more people should know about. And uh, I think I, I may have set myself up too for maybe my first video being removed from YouTube because oh, no. uh, because apparently you, I think you you have that um, that magic about you that, <laughs> that 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 your stuff gets taken down. But but maybe we could uh, you know just did, talk. Did about... it actually you actually had a video taken down? No, no, this might be the first oh. one. I'm, oh, this uh, might be the first one. Yeah, we'll, I have fingers we'll crossed. So far, the the trigonometry one is still up. I was worried that that would get well. taken down just because. Of, of me because they've said that, that, that uh, if you're a band creator you might lose your channel for hosting band creators uh, but I have a feeling that they that that's more if they think that the band creator is controlling the channel right. I don't know if they're going that far as to actually prohibit other people from talking to the wrong people right. about oh. neutral stuff that's not against TOS or, or, you know, I'll just edit this so it's like the truth about Exilantic and, <laughs> you know why she's evil oh, there's a few of those videos up already <laughs> I bet, I bet. Um, so, so yeah. Where does um, so where does your your story uh, start? I um, where does it start? Like, oh my god, it's going to be a very long episode. Um, but I, I uh, you have um, firsthand experience with you know being transgender at least for a, a short period of time. I I'll let you take it, you know, take it from there. Sure. Uh, so yeah my story is basically you know i had i had a, a feelings of alienation uh that, that that were somewhat preoccupied with 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 my sex and the expectations placed on me from uh, early childhood uh but it wasn't really till i got to college and um this was around 2005 um that i was kind of first exposed to it as as being something that people my age were were starting to get into uh, and so, uh, it wasn't, wasn't quite at the beginning of college. I'd say it started becoming more, more and more of a, of a thing in my life, uh, around 2009 is when I started, um, identifying with that label and having mostly friends who were identifying with that label, uh, trans or transgender, gender queer, you know, whatever is in the grab bag these days, um, with labels. And, uh, that lasted until say about 2013 is when I, I stopped having a huge investment in that label and, and, and uh, feeling like I needed to uh, present in a certain way. Um, and then just kind of gradually uh, I was in, in therapy on my own and not with a gender therapist. Uh, I also was seeing uh, my peers who were not in real therapy, one of whom was specifically with a gender therapist, probably more of them, but she's the one I know about in particular. And um, seeing what it actually looked like to be going through these procedures and what it was doing to them and the effect it had on them mentally and physically. And it was just, uh, uh, and meanwhile, pronouns were starting to take off as we're, we're coming into like 2014, 2015 was the first time I'd ever really encountered this idea that we should all say our pronouns and we should all have pronouns. And that, that, that was a significant thing. Cause like when I was in it, it was very much like, you know, this, this has to be our secret um, mm. or cause, cause, it's so dangerous, but it, it just, as it became more and more of a, of a popular fad, uh, it, it was less and less something that you had to keep a secret. And at the same time, uh, it was coming kind of top down from, uh, uh, the first, my first encounter with pronouns was with, um, the LGBT center at the school I was at. Uh, and one of their events, uh, had us all go around a big circle and, and introduce. And that's when I first learned the theory behind it which is that if everybody says their pronouns, then the people who, who have unusual pronouns won't stand out, which is silly. It's clearly silly. <laughs> well, the, the, uh, the pronoun stuff, um, uh, it's, it's interesting. A, a few years back, I, I wrote a, 
a sketch uh, that produced a sketch comedy video called uh, ESL students learn new gender pronouns. So just imagine, you know, non-native English speakers learning English for the first time and being sort of um, confronted with 90 different, you know, neo pronouns and like having to try to figure that, how to figure out how to conjugate it. Um, and, and sort of yeah. the root of that came from my, my dad is a, is a, is a foreigner. English is not his, uh, his first mm -hmm. language. And I just sort of imagined like my dad coming, you know, kind of, you know, fresh over the border and then learning English and like having, uh, you know, having to deal with this stuff. And the, the pronoun thing, it, it's almost, um, I mean, I know it's symbolic in, in, in the way that language is, is symbolic, but it's like you don't you only use pronouns when you're talking about somebody like in you know, when you're talking about someone. Right. So it's sort mm -hmm. of like the pro like uh, uh, insisting on a pronoun is insisting on how on having other people see you a certain way when you're not even mm -hmm. there, you know, and yeah. it's sort of like that the other people need to buy in to whatever you're you're sort of uh you're putting putting out there kind of legitimizes eavesdropping too it's just like they can come over excuse me i heard the wrong pronoun were you talking about me i need to clear this up right now yeah and uh, uh but with the with the english as a second language is a, is a huge huge thing before um i became a speech therapist i was a um Getting my degree in linguistics, studying various languages. Uh, I studied abroad uh, in Japan and then also in Turkey. And and yeah, they both have problems with with pronouns, both with the actual pronunciation of them and then uh, the use of them. Uh, Turks especially because they only have uh, the one pronoun for everything. He, she, it. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah, they have. They just say oh, so they they don't have the uh, English does have gender in our pronouns, but the gender is not what people expect. The gender is animate versus inanimate. And so animate gender is he and she and inanimate is it. So that, that's mm -hmm. the actual gender split in English. Uh, he and she is not a gender split in English because we're referring to males and females with he and she. We're not referring to objects that are arbitrarily gendered masculine feminine. So we don't we don't have that kind of gender in English the way that you do in Spanish. Right. Uh, like which the, is one of the ways that this is taken off is, is people don't understand that, that he and she, it's not a gender. It's a semantic di division based on sex. And sex isn't gender. Wow. So, um, with your uh, with your history in linguistics, I mean, so much of it seems like the what people are fighting over comes down to language and kind of this idea that language will somehow reshape the world um, in a way. Like you can kind of alter yeah. reality if you use the right. Yeah, in a way, if, you can be you a witch. The, you can cast exactly. Those. Yeah, the, the right incantation. Right. Yeah. We can't actually change reality by, by changing how you talk about it. And, and so the, the idea that, that you can cause a, a cultural shift in, in social attitudes by, by changing how you talk is, is uh, superstitious, in my opinion. Um, uh, and it's, it's not based on anything. Uh, it's just it's, it's very, very uh, 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 fundamentalist mindset, you know, very much a praise be, you know, go and grace or whatever they said in The Handmaid's Tale. This idea that if we all just uh, said the right phrases all the time, uh, we wouldn't have any sort of social problems. And obviously these policies cause a lot of social problems. They immediately marginalize people who speak English as a second language, for instance. We fought really hard to protect people on the basis of national origin and civil rights legislation. And now we're throwing that out. Mm -hmm. And with, um, uh, there's like a, a video I, I watched of yours. I think it was on TikTok or something to do um, where you kind of go biblical and you go back to Adam 
and Adam, you know, sort of being given the uh, the task, I guess, from from Yahweh or God, or, yeah, yeah, or to uh, he names to, to name things, and then somehow, mm-hmm. uh, can, can you talk about that? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm like, if for those of you who are listening yeah. or watching, if you, if this is like too inside baseball, uh, it's because I I, I kind of went down a little rabbit hole and, and watched a lot of her stuff. So sure, no worries. Uh, and and so so uh, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that the story actually happened or, or be Christian or anything like that, but but as somebody that was taught that when I was younger and has had time to reflect on it, I believe that the purpose of that story is to, among other things, is to teach the concept that that, that humans are not creators, that, that naming is not creating, that these are different different actions, and that humans don't have the we can only do the naming part. We can't actually create, but we need to understand that there's a distinction between uh, in linguistics, semiotics, it's called the signified and the signifier. Um, and so the idea is that, that, that what is signified is not the same as, as the signifier. The label is not the object that's labeled. And, and that's a fundamental confusion um, that, that uh, is really important to, to separate. That, that it, it doesn't matter how I refer to you. I can't, I can't change what you are. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think that's probably a good segue into kind of, um, you know, the, the, this whole this whole issue because I, I remember um, back when I was in college, I was uh, I graduated college '04, so I guess a, a year before um, uh, before you started, and um, I took a, a sex and gender studies class. It was um, it was uh, one it, it met one of the requirements, like I think it was like a social science, like you you could take either. I think you could take either a real science class or you could take a social science class. And I saw one titled sex and gender. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. And it was not awesome. Uh, but I remember that was the first time there was a, I had a classmate uh, who was going, we were going around the room and uh, you know, I think the first day you do like icebreakers and uh, the professor called, uh, called out their name and then, you know, asked everybody, you know, is there a name you'd you know, prefer? And I thought this person said Greg. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, that, that, that dude is Greg. Uh, and it turns out over the course of the, the semester, their name was, uh, they preferred Gray, like G, either G-R-A-Y or G-R-E-Y. And mm-hmm. they were, um, I guess, non-binary. Um, and they, their name reflected that you know, like the, and the closer you looked you're like oh this is probably you know a, a biological female who short hair you know wore baggy clothes maybe uh, i forget if if gray like you know uh taped uh, tape binded their breasts I, I i don't remember you know that uh that that much into it um but it was like at that point it was sort of like the name that that they chose for themselves was a sort of a you know a symbol of of, of what of what they were, at least their lifestyle, I guess, or, or that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. so they, uh, yeah. So, so, uh, I just, I remember, so, so at Berkeley is, is, is where, where Judith Butler teaches. Uh, okay. and, 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 uh, her, her big claim to fame is this, is this insight that she had an uh, insight is, is horrifying it, but, uh, this idea that, that you can't oppress somebody you can't see. That's how I would summarize Judith Butler's like entire position. So hmm. that's the concept of queering. If you're going to queer the culture and you're gonna you're gonna queer this or that, it's it's about making it so that the oppressor can't tell uh, which group you're in, and therefore they cannot oppress you because they can't tell which one you are. So so the idea is that if if we all queer ourselves up, 
then, then we'll get rid of homophobia, we'll get rid of sexism. It'll all just mystically go away because a miracle will happen in, in between point A and point B and the, the, the oppressors will just go, I, I don't, we don't know who to oppress now. I guess we can't oppress anyone. And so that's their logic for why we don't need civil rights protections on the basis of you know, the actual established categories anymore. Once, once we clear everything, it won't be an issue because there won't be any way to know who the native English speakers are and who the females are. It'll be a mystery. Well, that's so, that, that's so odd because, um, I mean, most of the time you can, if, if somebody is, you know, I, I guess, queering themselves, you can kind of tell like what they have happening under the hood. You know, you can kind of tell like, you know, which, you know, which people, and I'm, I'm trying to be like, I don't know, I'm trying to be uh, kind or nice about it. You know, like you can kind of tell like, okay, you're a biological male who's, you know, trying to look more female you're a female who's trying to look by you know like more like a male um it, I, I guess that's where you sort of kind of run up against physical reality there in biology that you really can't yeah. there's only so much you could do with that right yeah and so so then you get into the other the other piece of it um, that i talk about it that is uh um that, that a lot of these people are are either on the autism spectrum or have some other developmental difference uh which is part of why their symptoms start in early childhood for some of them and 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 uh, 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 otherwise, why why uh, they have a really hard time taking the perspective on other people, and understanding why their demands are unreasonable, and why we can still tell we we, we can in fact still tell, but they really don't know how to take a re- realistic outsider perspective on themselves. It's called in my field we call it a perspective taking deficit, or a social pragmatic deficit, and that's like one half of, of autism is the social pragmatic deficit, the other half being the sensory delay. Uh, and then the sensory delay explains why parts of their body that are naturally more sensitive than other parts of their body keep distracting them and they keep obsessing about it. Those parts would, would be the sexual parts. So, so is this um, is this kind of like uh, your own sort of like theory about what's happening with transgender people or uh, is this? Yeah, that's, this is probably my, my synthetic theory. Um, although I'm not, I'm not the first person or the only person to make the observation that, that it seems to be high high rate of autism uh, among among people who are referred to these, these gender clinics it seems out of proportion uh, and so so uh, and it's also drawing on my own firsthand experience uh, 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 and uh, realizing that the one thing I found and, and I, I, I was I was a, a, um, identified very very young in my life as, as somebody who had both those issues uh, a lot of people think that I'm autistic uh, I'm not autistic I describe it as being living just outside of Boston if if autism is Boston, I'm just outside of Boston. Boston, I have a different condition that looks very similar. It's a very <laughs> similar part of the country as Boston. It's not Boston. It's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but but point is, I was typically grouped with autistic kids too during therapy, so it was uh, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can I can look back and see that that's was a big part of it for me was was that I didn't understand how conversation worked, how how conversations evolved. I didn't understand how groups of people decided what to do. I just didn't understand things. And I couldn't predict things very well. And at the same time, I, I was, I was, uh, there was a bit of a processing delay. So when, when the group decided to go do something, I was always the last to know. And, and so it was just, that's, that's changed as I've gotten older and I've developed. Um, but, you know, in, in the past, it was, it was a more significant factor uh, explaining why uh, this made sense. Like, oh, well, it's, it's gender. It's because some people act this way. Some people act this way. And the reason that I have social problems is that I act this way because I'm the sex, but really I'm supposed to naturally somehow be acting this other way. And if I just switched, everything will work out. Overlooking the fact that 
the other change that happened was that I went from feeling out of control to feeling in control. And that alone is going to help time passed. That's going to help. Uh, there's, there's all these other things that are, that are confounding in, mm-hmm. in, in the experiment that, that, that these people who are, are taking control in this manner and feeling like this is the answer. Cause I feel better now that I did something. Uh, they're overlooking placebo effect, for instance, you know, it's just, they're, they're, they're missing out on uh, other explanations uh, while at the same time, the fact that it helps slightly um, that's, that's proof. That's evidence that, that they should go cut body parts off. Yes. Yeah, so could we talk about, um, well, well, for one, I, I find it interesting. I wonder if, uh, if it is one of the reasons why you got into linguistics as a way to sort of figure out, you know, the, the relationship between language and, you know, socialization. Yeah, and yeah I think so. Is uh, cause I've always uh, had a, uh, been, been prodigious in terms of my language ability. So it's always really confused me why, why I didn't understand how like, like other people just seem to be better at certain things language wise. Uh, like I could, I could read aloud with, with clear diction when I was two, my mom has videos. Oh, wow. Um, so it's, it's, uh, I was speaking in long, like compound complex sentences. Uh, just my, my, really early. We're, we're, we're left. My, my son is my, my oldest is like uh, two and two months old. Uh, so 26 months. And, um, we're going to put together a dictionary of his words um, because like for dinosaur, it's dosh, which is, which is really cute. Choo-choo. Uh, mm-hmm. He loves choo-choo. So he loves doshes and choo-choos. So throughout the day, the day is basically filled with dinosaurs and choo-choo trains. And mm-hmm. depending on like how he says it, sometimes you could kind of understand what he means exactly, like which dosh he's talking about. And it's oh, really so he's cute. like generalizing. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, one word he can say, and so that means everything. Yeah, so and uh, uh, Ata is airplane, which is a really, it's really cute. It, it's it's very cute. He's not he's not uh, putting together all these uh, sentences like uh, like you were, but um, yeah, it's this much more typical uh, uh, <laughs> to, to not not do you know kids kids at the two are supposed to be putting two words together, maybe three sometimes on a good day, right? Uh, right. Whereas I was saying things like, if I clean my room, can we go to the park later? really long complex sentences i was also using sarcasm and and uh understanding it too that's uh, freaky uh, that's arguing see, see like the my two comprehension though. was also really high it's just it's not typical and then i had the social the social pragmatic thing was just its own thing mm-hmm. but um that, that was why why assessors didn't think i was autistic or one of the main reasons is that i never had any trouble with non-literal language i always and, and theory of mind i could understand why somebody said something that didn't make sense mm. I, I i could figure that out but I couldn't figure out why they, 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 uh, like kind of like what, or here's another example. Um, ordering in a restaurant would always just be like, <laughs> this is really terrifying. Oh, really? So it's just, just this like functional thing. I have a lot of anxiety too, which is probably part of it. Uh huh. Um, I feel like yeah. there's a, uh, like an animated show in there, just like this, you know, it's a super precocious two year old who, you know, is, is, uh, is really developed and on the stuff again, but, you know, just can't order. Like regrets, like, 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 uh, what's the, what's the, the baby Sheldon or something? Or, or little uh, Sheldon? I know Rugrats. I don't know the, uh, there's, there's um, Sheldon is from the big bang theory, but I think they made another uh, spinoff that stars a kid that's supposed to be him as a child, mm. but it would be like that version. But with me as a, as a toddler, as a toddler, like you're still pooping yourself, <laughs> but uh, but other than hey, I that, I never do that. I'm a girl. Girls other than that, she has she has it all under control. Um, but uh, well, I, I I mean, having that kind of mind, um, I mean, it must it it's I mean, damn near impossible not to call out bullshit when you 
when you see it. I, I have a problem with that. I, I have a real, I, I have a problem with that. I, I, w- I was never, I, I was never that developed at, at that young of an age, but like uh, there are instances where I've embarrassed my wife out in public because, you know, we'll be, or we'll, we'll be at a restaurant and I'm not enjoying the meal. And the waiter makes the mistake of asking how the meal is. And I have to like, let just him so- just let him know that this, that this is, this is, this is terrible. It's very upsetting to me. And um, I'm not asking for the, you know, for the meal, for the dish to be taken off the check. I just want you to know that w- what's going on. It's almost like, well, well, they asked me, so then I have to let them know. Um, and, uh, you know, that could be, you know, dealing with those kinds of people. It's especially with, with like a subject like this, like, you know, the, you know, transgender stuff. Uh, and, you know, based on your own experience with it, um, I, it must be very difficult to, to hold your tongue and to hold back. Yeah, it's it's always been been hard to to not not respond and to to have an understanding that some people had like power over me and like had control over consequences. I did no no conception of that really. So, uh, I also had a really weird idea for a while that that uh, conversation like I didn't understand that conversations began and then and then you had them and then they ended. I, in my mind, like the conversation I was ha- I'm having with you, this is going to be the beginning of all future conversations, and they all <laughs> they all have to relate back in some way, and you're going to remember, and so I need to remember. Exactly what was said. It was not a so result. Just avoid talking. With um and and with the with the the trend stuff as far as people you know taking control of their lives. Maybe we could talk about you know some of the um you know medical procedures, both you know uh you know chemical, medicinal, and you know surgical that that goes into it, and uh, you know talk about uh you know talk about those. So what are you know some of the things that you know people who are transitioning, um, you know, go through. I just, I, uh, read, uh, somebody sent me a PubMed article where, where it was a look at 129 people who had undergone some form of, they called it reconstruction, but I feel like if, if it's, if it's the reconstruction is following genital destruction, it should be called a genital destruction. And, and, you know, it's nice that you tried to fix it kind of, but, uh, we're talking phalloplasty and metoidioplasty and, uh, yeah, what is um, what is that? So phalloplasty would be creating of a, a penis, or yeah. So so the phalloplasty is like the full size one, and then metoidioplasty okay. is like micro. So you end up with like like an inch, maybe or two inches, and then and then the phalloplasty one, you might end up with like six inches. So what what do they? So what's what is the fallow? Well, what is the big one made out of? I, I gotta I gotta go there. I gotta it's find out. Just whatever whatever's handy. Like literally, they take arm skin, so it's whatever's handy. Um, or they take uh, back skin or they take stomach skin. Sometimes I have a snuffleupagus episode where, where it's like literally just this tentacle that's coming out her stomach, like halfway between her belly button and, and the top of the pubic area. You can see the photo is just this like tentacle arm thing. <laughs> so it's called snuffleupagus is that, that episode. And then uh, I've since been told that she's also appears in the, another episode of mine called Holy I do. Um, and, and my, my titles are all typically urinary puns when I'm talking about phalloplasties. Uh, so there's something called a Foley catheter. Um, what, what, but, uh, um, and she had yeah, two catheters. Two catheters. So she had, she had a Foley catheter and then, and then a, um, a super pubic catheter. So she had, she had, she had, so there are two of them. So Foley I do. And Foley I do is also a mental illness where, where it's a craziness of two. So, uh, get in the so, same condition. so, so this is um, a, a biological woman who gets a 
a, a penis or somehow uh, they, fo- they actually took like part of her stomach and uh-huh. then, and then, and then pulled it off. So now she's, she's got this, like literally looks like a little tentacle. And it, there- it looks like a snuffle up, I guess, like, like, a, like Horton hears a who on her oh, stomach. Wow. It's, it, it's, it's nightmarish. It's like the worst thing I've ever seen. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't have the stomach to, to look at stuff like that. Like I actually, I, I um, um, the thought of, I use of, a like, set of coffee. Oh, oh, that that gets you up in the I morning. I just wake up in the morning. <laughs> I'm cam awake. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, like I, I I I I don't do very well with like um with scars with with seeing wounds or you know or even the idea of, of surgery. Like my my mother years back had um uh, diverticulitis and she had to get like a um a a bag you know a colostomy bag and um fortunately they were able to reverse it but like there was a moment when she um she showed me like like the scar it, it just it, when i think of it i, I kind of get get chills but um i, I it, it was it was fairly recently there was a, a cover of a magazine where it was a, a trans man who i think they had had a a piece of muscle out of their leg removed to be fashioned into the into a penis right something That's like about that right yeah they'll, they'll take they'll take uh, chunks of your your leg they'll take chunks of your cheek sometimes of your um, cheek yeah so i mean it was so called cheek your privilege where i follow the the nightmare of, of this one person I, i've probably done the most phalloplasty episodes on, on her case because she's it's so so tragic she had a arm skin phalloplasty uh immediately got diverticulitis uh oh god in it um and uh became septic from that in the icu multiple blood clots uh bladder stones um needing to have the cheek taken out to to fashion into a, a new urethra to like cover up the the old urethra that was made out of arm skin that didn't work obviously why would it have worked and it's just it's just it's been one thing after another and it, i think her her total racks up at like closing in if, if she's not at a million dollars she's definitely near a million dollars um based on her her totals that she's uh, shared does, does and, it and look so. like i because it sounds monstrous to I me, mean, the way, way that you're de- describing it. Like, does it does it look? I'm, you described it as, as one of them as snuffleupagus. I mean, does it look like a penis? No, I would not say. It. Oh. I would not go that far. No, it, it looks it looks like. Uh, I mean, maybe 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 a penis that that was deflated, like a, a penis mm. that you, that was also a hot air balloon that had had been deflated for the day, and was wow. getting ready to be rolled up. Like it, it's 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 monstrous. In this person's case. Also, she had a bunch of tattoos on the arm that became part of the, it. Uh, uh, the, part the, of the phallus. Um, and uh, the thing, the thing with, with, with arm skin is that, you know, it's, it's stretched over a frame mm-hmm. and that's, that, that, that's what allows it to not shrink up over time. And so once you take it off the frame and you, you sew it up into a tube, apparently that's something that happens based on her Reddit photos is that it was just start shrinking up. So she started at six inches and then it was three inches and then she made her Reddit private. because She found the videos and didn't, didn't like that. Oh god! Well, it's a, it's um, it, you know, she was also medicalized as a minor, so um, I, I I laugh, but it's actually quite horrifying when you understand that she was medicalized as, as a minor, at least at seventeen, at testosterone. Uh, I suspect, based on her face, uh, that she was actually put on puberty blockers too, but she's never said that in the videos I've seen. Wow. Well, well, I, I you know, oftentimes, you know, you'll hear about um you know, people who've, who've transitioned and, uh, you know, are living, you know, uh, happy lives. But, you know, obviously if you're dealing with, 
you know, where we are right now with, uh, you know, with medicine, with, I guess, I don't, I don't know what you call it, plastic surgery or, or whatever. And I mean, you're, life-saving you're, trans healthcare, it saves yeah. lives. But, but, uh, but the, the amount of risk going into that, like, I mean, that, that is so huge. And you, you said this, this person, like they, or, or at least um, you, you believe that they, they started very young with this stuff. She has said that she was put on uh, testosterone at 17. Uh, and that she had to wait till she was 18 to get her mastectomy because uh, they didn't cover mastectomies for under 18. So if it's so urgently life-saving, why didn't the insurance want to pay? That's, that's the question. Sounds like everybody knew that this wasn't a life-saving medically necessary mastectomy. So mm. um, I think she said, actually, no, I, I take that back. I think she said she paid out of pocket um, because they wouldn't cover it. I'll have to go back and look at the video, but um, uh, I'm working on a, on a larger data reduction right now project actually, so that I can take the documentaries I've made and, and compress them down into a, into a book so that you can easily just flip through it and see all these stats mm. without having to watch it. Um, uh, but yeah, I know in her case, uh, she came very close to death. Still might, still might end up. I don't know. I don't know how things are going to work out with her. Uh, I've also covered people who um, as a result of the one I'm thinking of, it was a facial feminization surgery uh, he had a stroke uh, and ended up losing the use of his arm. Uh, From the surgery or was it yeah, directly yeah. linked so, to the surgery? Yeah. So they, they went in and, and uh, they're, they're cutting his, your jaw for a facial feminization surgery. They're like shaving it down and they're also cutting chunks out so that they can move this part like down so it can be pointy and stuff. Mm. And so you have a you have a significant artery called your carotid artery that runs right up here and right. here and also goes up to feed your brain after it splits and it splits right here. And so um, they had a, a, a bleed, a carotid artery bleed in that place. And as a result, um, have a lot of nerve damage, of course, to the face, um, but it also caused um, a, a stroke in the right frontal lobe, um, which is like one of the worst places you can have a stroke. If you're gonna have a stroke anywhere, that's not a good place to have it. It's really hard to treat right hemisphere problems and the frontal lobe is the seat of judgment. So it's just like very unfortunate, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was directly from the surgery and they noticed the, the limp arm uh, in the recovery suite. And uh, for this person's story, the people uh, treating him then uh, told him that he needed to relax because he looked like he was having a stroke. And so if he kept uh, being upset, they would have to send him to the ICU. So they, they kind of just like threatened him. And since, you know, he was, out of his mind on drugs and having a stroke, he didn't like, he was not able to fight for him. So then he ended up like going home the next day. Like they still didn't go to the ER. And once he was at home, I guess his partner was like, yo, your arm's not working. Holy or something. Shit. Or, or it might've even been that he was spitting the blood into a bucket. And that it was, it was either the partner or the paramedics noticed that the arm wasn't working. And then finally he got medical attention. Um, and I was looking, reviewing his story about seven months after it had happened. Uh, was his last post about it, um, and it, no, his arm's still not working. And and how do you care. have you have you have you smoke spoken to any of these people, or or do they Some of them. Uh, like yeah like how, yeah how how do their stories you know get out there? Um, uh, one person I interviewed with uh, uh, is my interview with the uh, Brian James uh, had a is um, uh, got a foul plasty, so female to male and. Um, uh, as a result of that, and the, the they do a vaginectomy a lot of the time for for the phalloplasty. So they they uh, I've I've heard some some of them refer to it as jack o' lanterny. Jack o' lantern. Um, 
Because oh, to God. make a jack-o'-lantern, you, you have to reach into the pumpkin and pull it out. Wait, so they pull out like the, uh, yeah, what are, what are they pulling out? Oh, oh, the everything giant. in, wait, everything inside becomes the um, penis then? Is that how? They'll use some of the tissue. Yeah. That's how they justify it. They, they claim that, that they have to, they have to scoop, scoop out the vagina in order to uh, fashion it into a urethra um, for the new phallus. And so during that process, they messed it up so badly uh, that rhinos left uh, needing a colostomy bag to avoid uh, constant infections, although constant infections still happened. Um, and uh, last I heard, Ryan is still on the colostomy bag. They have said that the fistula has magically healed, um, but they haven't actually tried to reconnect anything. So I'm a little skeptical that, that it'll still be as healed once it's reconnected and under normal normal forces. I think we may discover that that, that it has not fully healed after all. But uh, So there was just one giant fistula. So it was actually two fistulas because it was connecting the rectum to what had previously been the vagina. And official uh, is official just like kind of one orifice. Is that what that? What that uh, means? Yeah, fistula is 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 a, a healed um, uh, opening between two bodily cavities or between a bodily cavity and outside. Uh, this should not be there. Oh man! So so when they give somebody a stoma for a colostomy bag, they are making a fistula mm-hmm. on purpose medically. But but here here they did not mean to make a fistula, and so it caused a lot of problems. Oh man, I'm, I'm, this is the most graphic, uh, episode of the Lou Perez podcast I have ever, ever, uh, been party to. <laughs> and I have to be party to it. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this, but you know, you, you, you bring up this stuff and for one, I, 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 I've never heard any, you know, anything like this. Um, uh, and you know, it, man, it's like the, the amount of risk, to, you know, making this, you know, life altering, you know, uh, decision, you can never, you know, go back for that. Um, does it is one, is one type of, um, sex change more dangerous than the other? I like say, for example, women, uh, female to male, is that more dangerous than male to female or, you know, do you have like those no, I numbers? Don't, I don't think I need either of them. I mean, they're both, they're both, uh, especially if you're actually doing genital, the genital reconstructions, they're both pretty, horrendously dangerous these are very delicate areas yeah. that, that are very functional they're constantly stretching and, and and different forces are being applied when you're at different levels of consciousness like you know you getting up to to wander to the bathroom in the middle of the night half asleep you might use a lot more force you know because you're in a hurry than you would if you were right. like super awake and focused and, and very delicately trying to prove to the doctor that your fistula is gone uh, so so we have to think about you know i i, I as a speech therapist i do um swallow and and people really underestimate how critically important that function is and how often you swallow which is, is oh. like five to seven hundred times a day five to seven hundred times don't a day. pee that often but you definitely still are using it regularly yeah about once a minute when you're awake wow now now that now that's going to be on my mind now i'm like am i swallowing enough lou are you swallowing enough uh, throughout the day <laughs> well if you don't swallow enough you drool so you'll notice although oh. i guess that's what the beard's for yeah. Oh, yeah. This is just yeah. This is just just a drool catcher. Uh, drool catcher fidgets. For I would it's, maybe I should go on tea after all. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 but maybe we talk about yeah. Let's let's talk about uh, testosterone. So um, when you were uh, you know going through a, a, your uh, stage in life, um, were you ever on testosterone or no? Thank no? goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, had a, a reasonable medical background even then, uh, so I was I was. Uh, 
less naive about the nightmare that awaits when, when you, you go to the hospital too many times. Um, and, and so I uh, was able to, to really think about like these drugs, their side effects. Uh, do I want to actually go forward with this? And I, I had the benefit of, of a therapist that was not um, uh, invested in, in having me go down this path. Uh, she wasn't a gender therapist mm-hmm. um, or anything like that. And so she just helped me kind of think about pros and cons. And I realized like, you know, these, this is a serious drug. This is an anabolic steroid. I've heard right. that those are harmful to, to people that take them for cosmetic reasons. And this is a solidly cosmetic reason at a cosmetic dose. So, so what is, um, what does testosterone do? Um, and, uh, for, for any, all my listeners, they know that I'm like totally just like testied up, you know, like I got, you know, my, my tea is through the roof, bro. Um, uh, but, um, <laughs> uh, other than growing a beard, uh, what, you know, what, are, what are some, uh, some side effects of testosterone, you know, and why do, um, people who are transitioning, you know, take it? So. Uh, so, so testosterone is a, uh, anabolic steroid. Females do have it, but we have very low amount compared to males. Um, and, uh, the effects of testosterone are, are the secondary sex characteristics that you see uh, develop at puberty, um, including facial hair growth and bodily hair growth. Uh, it it, it uh, deepens your voice. They say it's doing a lot more than just deepening it. Um, but, but that is in, in, uh, how it's, it's built to people. Um, one thing that I think that a lot of families are, are not really being told about uh, based on, on the uh, videos I've seen of people talking about their experiences with tea um, is that, that one of the immediate changes, the immediate irreversible changes that happens is that it causes an enlargement of female genitalia, Mm. permanent deformation of female genitalia. And one of the definitions of mutilation is to do something to something that results in it being deformed. And so my position is that when you give testosterone to a minor teenage girl, you are mutilating her female genitals permanently. It doesn't go back. It's called bottom growth. They call it. And I've had some people say, well, you should, you, and, and it happens like when I say immediately, I mean like a week, like one dose, it'll happen. Really? And, and yeah. it just causes this, this dramatic enlargement. Yeah. How, how much dramatic enlargement. It's, how it's much changing lo- something larger, about yeah. the connective tissue. How much larger does uh, it? I think okay. one to two inches. I've heard up, one up to, to one to two inches. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it becomes, and then, and then, so that's what they do in the metoidioplasty is they go in, they, they call it a clitoral release. So you have this, this much, this enlarged. Uh, uh, a, a, cl- a clitoral uh, Louise. Did you say Louise? L-U-I-S. Oh, really? Okay. Cause my, like my, releasing it. my, my full like name is Louise. I thought it was clitoral Louise. Uh, that, 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 my nickname <laughs> in high school. Oh, uh, but please, please, <laughs> please go, please go on. Please go on. Must be a story there. Uh, They'll, they'll, when this happens, it's very painful and they'll tell you that they'll straight up. It's, it, it's, it's, it, it, they'll, they'll talk about it as being either very uncomfortable, but not painful. Just, it just really, really distracting and constantly. And they don't like how it feels and this or that. And then other ones would be like, yeah, no, it's just straight up painful. It's just straight up painful. <laughs> so I have videos of them that I found uh, getting real about that. And so, and the reason it's painful is that you, you, you have this, this uh, structure that's enlarging, but the connective tissue that's, that's keeping it down is not enlarging because they're adults. They've already grown. So, so some things have already grown when you, when development's supposed to happen in tandem and this is out of tandem. And so, so um, they will go in and uh, cut the ligaments that are, that are 
holding it down and that allows it to then uh, expand outward more. So they kind of like excavate. Mm. And, and then uh, some people then will also have them go in uh, using the, the uh, other, other, you know, available tissue that they've jack-o'-lanterned out um, and, and uh, will, will fashion a, a micro penis via uh, metoidioplasty where, where they end up like an inch little long thing that they can, that they can use to stand to pee. It's very critically important that they, that they be standing and peeing at the same time. And they're not able to do that without, without these extensive surgeries. So, 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 part, so being stand, uh, standing to pee is like a traditional guy thing. Therefore, yeah. they want to be able to have that. Uh, yeah. I, as, so as one of the trans rights, R-I-T-E-S. You know, as I've gotten older, I, I find sometimes it just it just feels better to just sit down. Like there's no, you know, I, I had a joke Maybe where you're I said, trans. I, have, might have be. You, have you considered becoming an innie? I, I, I have. Oh, no, totally I, reversible. Very easily no. reversed. You just, well, you, just, you just plug your nose and it pops right back out. Well, yeah. What? Um, well, let's let's talk about that because, like, these are all you know irreversible. It's sort of, um, you know, once you go, you know, once this is done, it's you know you're you're kind of, you know, uh, stuck with that. Um, and I, I mean, I'm imagining like you know the people, you know, obviously a lot of people, God, they're you know, obviously serious about what they're doing if they're making you know this this decision uh, in life and. Uh, you know, I would hope that the decision they make would be, you know, wh- whichever doctor they have working on them is, is knows what they're doing, and mm-hmm. you know, will make it so that they're, you know, comfortable and uh, and all that. But fuck the way that you describe some of these some of these cases. I mean, it just seems it's a, like such an unfortunate life, you know, burden to be uh, living with after that. Yeah, and it doesn't doesn't go away and you know you get older and your tissue also changes it becomes less springy it becomes less well secured becomes floppier so it's like all, all of these the and scar tissue is not going to age the same way as your other tissue so so it's just going to create new problems as as you get older uh, one one of the uh, another another person that I, I did a response to for the uh, vaginoplasty volumes uh, as the series is called um, uh, he has recently announced his detransition uh, oh. This individual got got their vaginoplasty, uh, and then uh, I think that the first one didn't work right, and so then then got a colon vaginoplasty. So sometimes if 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 the the inverted penis doesn't doesn't take the first time, uh, I call it sometimes a Russian nesting dick because uh, that's the idea, oh. right? It's, it's right. They're inverting it's- it and then. One within is like one within another dick. Is that or is that the Russian well, doll? When, when 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 they go home with their with their partner, it'll be a Russian nesting dick. Ah, got it. Uh, uh, so that um, if, when that fails, sometimes they'll go in and they'll actually take a piece of colon, like they'll take six inches of colon, and that'll be the new vagina. Oh my so, god. Yeah, and so so this person's video, like like talking about how uh, they'll they'll sell it by saying, "Well, you know, it lubricates on its own, just like a real vagina." But what they don't tell you is that it lubricates in response to food, like a real colon. So so, so the so so you're dealing with feces with well, by the time it's in the colon vaginoplasty, there's no feces coming through it. Right, it's been it's ch- cut, and then the, your 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 colon has been re- recombined, and then they've just taken this extra piece. They sew up one end. And then they just kind of like tuck it in there, and then that's your 
then you have to hold it open with the dilator like every day or multiple times a day, depending. Oh uh, and God. so, so this individual uh, had a fistula uh, in, in that and found out because uh, he farted into it. So. And what happened? Like, was that a disaster? It came that- out. It, it comes out the wrong, the wrong hole. Oh my God. Holy shit. Wait, is this, I mean, is who the fuck is the surgeon like doing this? You know, like, or is this, in that case, I think it was, uh, he, he had said it was a Dr. Salgado in Miami, or at least the comments strongly implied it was that individual. Don't quote me on that though. I'm just uh, reporting secondhand what I saw in that comment section. Uh huh. Man. But there's also people at Boston Children's Hospital that are doing this. I did a series on a, a response to a, a panel discussion at Boston Children's Hospital in a series called Boston Children's Health. And it's just, it's five people um, uh, who were, uh, uh, may have been on, on the treatment team for um, the person that I told you about who had the, uh, the vaginectomy related fistula and the colostomy bag. Uh, and and it, you can just see how, how they're, they're, enjoying their religious ecstasy and they they're completely detached from the reality of what they're doing. And they're profoundly excited that they get to mess with the developing sexualities of children and no one's saying anything. It's, it's clear that that's what's motivating this. How, um, how young does, you know, some of this start like, uh, you know, as far as, uh, is that, is that, is that surgery? Is that, yeah. Is that for, surgery? Or? Hormones. That's hormones. And they say eight. puberty blockers are some kind of alternative to hormones, but, but puberty is blocked using a hormone. The hormone is called a gonadotropin releasing hormone analog. The analog means it's similar to the kind your body makes, but different. And by different, they mean it's 20 times as strong. 20 times. At least one of them is the Lupron. Uh, I don't know about the other analogs that they're using now, Suprelin, for instance. Um, but but they, these are, are hormones. They are giving eight-year-olds hormones in order to uh, stunt their sexual development. And it's not reversible any more right. than you can crash into a tree and then just reverse your car and you're fine. That's not, that's not. I, I've, I've, um, c- correct me if I'm wrong. I've, I've heard this talked about before that if, uh, if the hormones are given, you know, too early before say a, um, you know, a biological boy, you know, goes through puberty when it comes time to, to, I guess, you know, kind of go through with the, the sex change, they might not have enough, they might not have enough penis to, to basically forge a vagina out of it. That's what happened to Jazz Jennings. That's exactly who, what happened to who, Jazz who's, Jennings. Who's ja- who is that? Who's Jazz? Uh, he is the star of the show I Am Jazz, which is uh, somehow still on TV. It's somehow still on TV, even after this happened. It's been on TV for years since they figured out that they did this to him. Uh, he was put on puberty blockers 11 and the puberty blockers. And then he was very shortly after that, he was put on estrogen. Uh, immediately had uh, uh, psychiatric complications that were severe and um, which he was not taken off the puberty blockers though. He was not put back on testosterone like he was supposed to be on. They just decided full steam ahead with the experiment. We're going to figure out what happens when you do something like this. And as a result, when it came time to do the vaginoplasty and he's getting these consultations at 16, all the doctors are like, wow, it's so, it's so small. Wow. Look how tiny it's like. You didn't even grow at all. You didn't even grow at all. Oh, but too bad. It turns out it's probably going to be too hard to, to, to reverse it. Like it was a whole discussion. They had to go to multiple consultations before they finally found somebody willing to actually try. And of course it failed. It immediately failed. And he had to have multiple revisions 
And based on how he talks in the show, my sense is that he has given up. I don't think that he got to a point where it works. I think he's just given up. And he doesn't want any more surgery, so they're just going to lie. How old is he? Uh, how old is Jasmine? Twenty-one. Now. 21. He's, he's he's twenty-one. God. He is morbidly obese. Uh, I, I make the argument in my reaction dip, which is I am Jazz's waking nightmare, that um, the obesity, the compulsive eating, is directly connected to the puberty blockers. Um, there, there's a syndrome called Prader-Willi syndrome. This syndrome is caused by a genetic deletion, I think chromosome 15, um, but it's it's uh, uh, implicated in, in the, uh, the the synthesis of, of gonadotropin-releasing hormone in the body, and, and that's action somehow. Um, and, and specifically involved in that's action on the hypothalamus. And so as a result, these kids, they don't have a correctly developed hypothalamus. And the, the consequence of that is that they will eat until their stomachs explode. And the reason is that, that uh, in addition to the, the intellectual devel- uh, uh, deficit that happens, um, there's, there's reinforcement that they get from eating, like behavioral reinforcement. They eat the food, it tastes good, so they keep eating. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't... Um, have normal sensitization of the hypothalamus for oxytocin, which in English means that, that they don't feel satisfied from eating. They eat, eat food and, and there's no, there's no reinforcement to have, have had eaten already. Mm. Like I don't, you know, you're supposed to eat and then, and then a little while later, you're supposed to be done with eating. You're supposed to right. feel, feel full, feel satisfied. That it doesn't happen because specifically because of, of, of the interaction between uh, uh, an releasing hormone and the hypothalamus in, in Prader-Willi. And so that's, that's the result. Now, obviously jazz doesn't have Prader-Willi. Otherwise the problems that he has would have shown up much sooner in life. He had a normal developing hypothalamus that they then mess with. And to develop correctly, the hypothalamus, much like a plant needs a pulsing rate of gonadotropin releasing hormone. It's, it's not like, you know, you just fill it up until it's done. It has to be pulsing over a period of years. Mm-hmm. And it's a very complex pulse that changes on the daily and it changes by season. Uh, and it changes uh, time of day, so it, it's, it's just it's just very very complex rhythm that that, that they just completely completely uh, 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 obliterate by sticking a, a, an implant in his arm that releases the same amount on a continuous basis year round, and it's because they didn't know what they were doing, they had no idea what they were doing, and they didn't care enough to find out. No. It is, um, so you said the show is still on. Is it like repeats or there? Uh, no, reruns? it's it just finished its seventh season. Uh, supposedly it got picked up for an eighth season, although I haven't seen actual confirmation of that, but but seventh season just ended. I haven't even finished my responses to it. And, and what, what, what happens like, you know, episode to episode, I, I, I haven't watched like I'm, I'm, watching, hilarious. <laughs> I'm, I'm, wa- I'm watching reality TV now. It's, it's um, church of trans propaganda. I'm, well, I'm watching uh, uh, on Netflix is a great documentary, a docu series about Formula One racing uh, that I had ne- I never had any interest in, and then my brother in law was telling us about it. So my wife and I have started watching. It. We love it. We think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with with jazz, you know, is like what is what do they do? You know, episode to episode. Uh, uh, I mean, you you said right now they're morbidly obese like yeah so like you know, the, they went to on. see the the nutrition counselor and then they went back to have like conversations with jazz about about his eating and uh they just kind of bully him most of the time and and that's that's a pretty old pattern too like like there's who's bullying them like, who, everyone, who's bu- like literally everyone it feels like um and there might have been like two people on the show that i feel like have not bullied him and both of them were not like regulars on the show 
Um, or his parents on the show? Are they like yeah, the, his like, parents and his three siblings? Because uh, their their whole the the whole family's famous and their bread and butter is 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 uh, jazz and, and jazz continuing with the transition. So it's very much like like that's that's how uh, the uh, Italian castrati's where they would castrate the boys so that they could sing. That was typically how, how it happened was, was that the families would castrate them in order for the child to have some kind of singing career and lift the family out of poverty. The ca- castraltos, right? I think that's the castrati. Got it. Yeah. 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 You're, you're blending it with contralto, which is a different singing term. Oh, okay. I'm, 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 I am no singer. I'll tell you I'm, I'm <laughs> no, no musician. And now I'm just wondering a, a parody of, of the Sopranos, but with um, the, the other way. Um, so yeah, uh, he has a very, very high pitched voice. It's uh, when, when he sings his, his singing voice is higher than mine and my singing wow. voice is I'm a soprano. So. And uh, are the, are the siblings transitioning too, or the siblings, you know, the siblings are, are not trans um, identifying. Um, and uh, so, so one, one sibling, they've had a whole uh plot line where they're they're trying to get him to date a transgender woman because he's cisgender heterosexual and he's very proud of that. Uh he's an ally. And so so they keep setting him up with with like different different trans women to to like date and he just like clearly is heterosexual. He's clearly extremely mm-hmm. heterosexual, which means that these women are not women. And he knows it. And everyone else knows it. And it's it's hysterical. Um so so because he'll 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 try to be like very like politically correct and be like look I'm not Trans women are women, but I only like women who have vaginas. It's like, oh, so you're super straight. And like you can see in like the episode mm-hmm. after that, like he's back to saying, no, I, I definitely could. I could, I could, I, it did, even if they had a penis, I'd find a way. I'd find a way. It, it would find a way. Wow. You find a way. He's pray away the gay. Uh, so I had a meme that was like turf in the, or ally in the streets, turf in the sheets. After <laughs> Well, well, um, uh, you talked about this, like being, um, you're, you're gay, right? Is that mm-hmm. okay? Um, and that, that, that's something that, that, that's, that I've been, you know, as an outsider looking in just the idea that lesbians are being shamed or guilted into accepting, you know, what were they called? Girl dick. Is that, is that what the, one of the terms are? Uh, I, I mean, I, I when, when I, I I've had the fortunate uh, of of having dated women who turned out to be lesbian uh, uh, later on. They were a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if I put them over the edge where they're like, you know what? After this Lou guy, I I, I think I I don't need any more men. But um, uh, but yeah, I just can't imagine. It seems like such a straight guy move, you know, to be like trying to come on. Like, what are you a bigot? You don't you know you don't want to get with me? Um, yeah. But, but I've seen the same thing with the uh, with, with the um, some of these, these uh, trans identifying females, uh, women uh, who are uh, claiming to be men in some way, um, mm-hmm. who target gay men, and uh, will 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 try to make it out like that they're bigoted in some way uh, for not being interested in them on account of femaleness. Yeah, all the gay so, men I know love cock, like they like. That's a big part of who they are is the fact that they love men like they love, you know, uh, they you know, they love what we have to offer. Um, so, yeah, it's just uh, it, it seems like things are moving very, very fast from uh, I mean, I remember, you know, not too long ago, it was a you know, we learned that there was a clear line of, of 
of uh, difference between sex and gender. You know, sex was, you know, female or male and gender was how you, you know, express it and, you know, and all that. And then now things, you know, have, have blended where they're both used sort of uh, interchangeably. And I don't know, I'm, I'm confused, I think. It has moved fast. It's been very, very fast. Uh, and, and there's there's a lot of contradictions in, in uh, what what is and is not uh, the dogma, the doctrine. Uh, when did these gender identities start? You know, with the, with the with the discovery of non-binary identities, uh, that's that's really kind of blown a lid off of the previous uh, um, claim that like that we all have a gender identity and it forms by age three. And it's usually corresponds to your sex, but sometimes not. And so when it doesn't, you know, they can't change gender identity, gender identity is fixed. So the only option is, is to cut out the feelings cancer so that they don't kill themselves. Um, mm. And so any, any sort of barbarism and, and, and deformity and, and, and that nourishment result is justified because they're literally going to die otherwise, because there's no cure for this. There's no way to fix it. And now we've got the non-binaries running around being like, like some people are agender. It's like, How? Mm. How? What does that mean? Well, gender is yeah. just, you know, it's, it's how you relate to each other and it's how, how you want to move in the world and this and that. And it's like, okay, so following that to the logical conclusion, I'm a speech therapist. I work with people who don't have language. They're seriously impaired. They can't function very well. Are we saying that agender people are socially impaired? Is that, is that what makes them agender? Hmm. So it doesn't, it, the, the theory doesn't, doesn't hold up. What, what is gender? If, if, if you want to say that it's like this mushy label for, for uh, uh, like sexualized interactions and whether you, you, you want to be the, 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 the top or the bottom or you're, you're going to be the pursuer, or the pursuit or this or that, the stuff that drag sends up, that, that, that's the, the whole idea behind drag is, is that it's, it's playing around with, with the fact that there is some kind of like a sexual dynamic that happens that, you know, in gay culture, obviously we can't just assume it's goes this, this is females and this is males and, it's a bit misogynistic anyway to say that females always have to be passive in this and that. So, but it's, it's um, that kind of uh, there, there's something to that. But then if you were going to say that some people don't have any level of that, like the, the logical conclusion is that they would be very impaired. That they would, they would, they would have a disability, mm. but they're not saying that they want they're, they're That's, that's just their retort for when I say, I don't have a gender identity. They say, Oh, you're, you're, so you're a gender. Ah, checkmate. Like, well, no, I'm still interacting with you. Are you saying that there's a way to interact in a way that's not gendered? Shouldn't we all be aspiring to that? Like, I don't understand. Can you can is there is there a cheat sheet about which actions are gendered and which ones are not? Oh man! Oh, and then then we get into something that that you uh, talked about before the, this idea about being born into the wrong body and how mm-hmm. in in a way it's sort of a what a a secular version of the soul, I guess would be. Uh, um. uh, it's it's a version of of like you you can't be born into a body unless you're in a body and if you are in a body what are you well, you're something that exists apart from and before the body that is mm. then placed into the body at some point presumably right. prior to your birth i guess i guess 6 weeks is that, that, that what texas said so 6 weeks your gender identity is placed into the fetus and then and if all goes according to plan you're born so it, it doesn't make sense though. So I, I, uh, if, if you are, if you are not a religious person or if you, if you value secularism, you, you have to see that the, at least the very least the state, I believe should take the official position that, that 
the state is regulating physical bodies. Mm -hmm. I don't think the state should be regulating what exists apart and before the body. I don't think that's the purview of the state. That's, that's clearly church. And I don't think people should be forced to go to church, much less with, when they're at work. I don't think people should have to pray to these gender deities at work. And that's what they are. They're deities. They're metaphysical entities that act in the physical world through unseen means. Means, sorry. So um, uh, that we all have to pray to them. We, I have to acknowledge their presence with the use of these pronouns uh, or else their, their wrath is going to harm an individual person in some way. Mm. Who I can see. Right. And if I pray to it, the, the entity will bless the person with, with gender euphoria. That's, that's the other discovery. It's not just that we're avoiding dysphoria. No, now we have an affirmative duty to, to trigger their euphoria. Gender euphoria. Yeah. I, in, in a way, I feel like um, I'm hoping that everyone who listened to this had some kind of euphoric uh, <laughs> response. Doubtful, though. We, we got into some really heavy, heavy stuff. Man, you know, normally I'm in bed right now uh, dreaming about things that have nothing to do with this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight um, after, um, after going through after going through this, now, it's not even a conversation. I went through this uh, <laughs> right now. You sort of imposed, you, <laughs> you confronted me uh, with this stuff, but um, wow. Um, so maybe just like, you know, to close things out, you know, what are you, you know, what are you hopeful for? Or are you hopeful of, uh, I don't know, what, things changing or in what way can they change? And, you know, what, what would you like to see, especially with, with the, you know, the work, that you're doing and the time that you're taking to highlight, you know, so many of these cases. Um, I, I uh, do have hope. I, I do have optimism. And uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, even compared to when I started doing this, which wasn't that long ago, it was only in like March of 2021 that I started speaking out publicly about these topics uh, on TikTok. Uh, I, I, I feel like the landscape has already changed so much in terms of people willing to come out and say, um, this is, this is not, this is, this is not cool what we're doing. And maybe that's just because of the circles I now run in. Um, but it feels like I get less and less pushback as time goes on. Uh, and, and I see more and more accounts popping up, uh, of people who are, are fed up, call it peaking. And, and I, I feel like three to five years is where I, where the landscape will be, will be completely different and, and we'll, we'll hit a point where we're enough people have seen this, uh, cause they're, 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 really it's it is such a fad in schools right now i have parents reaching out to me being like there was no trans people at the school last year and now now literally all of my children my daughter's friends are, are trans identifying mm -hmm. like all of them and and uh there's there's no um i think some of the numbers i've seen are, are like four thousand five thousand percent increase in, in referrals uh and that's that's because of social media it's because of social contagion it's because they're able to find out about it and and that seems like their answer but the kids grow up fast and 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 uh if you if you start someone on puberty blockers at 13, the idea that they're going to, they're going to make it to 18 with no serious problems is unlikely. And they all know each other. So, so, so the stories I feel like, and I'm, I'm doing what I can to, to speed that along. People are going to find out and it's going to be similar to lobotomy, but I'm hoping faster than, than it took us to figure out that lobotomy was bad. Uh, lobotomy was a huge fad and uh, people didn't understand what it, what it did to people. And uh, I think we're in a similar situation where people really have this idea that 
doctors know what they're doing. Doctor knows best. You know, mm. they, they're all, all these people are saying, oh yeah, it's, it's fine to no regrets. But they they say that because there's consequences if they have regrets. You know, then 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 they're transphobes. And they're, 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 by by the time you get that far down the line, you have this 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 siege mentality that that only other trans people care about you. And it can mm. be quite a revelation to realize that there's actually a whole movement out there of people that, that are, are composed of detransitioners, people who are never trans, who are just parents, you know, feminists, that this coalition uh, of the fed up uh, who are, are coming together uh, to provide a safe place to land for when people want to leave, when people are done, when they want to say, you know what, this was a bad choice. Now I'm farting through my vagina and I didn't want that. And it's also made of colon. And so it, it, every time I eat, I have to change my pants. And it's like... <laughs> I, how many, like, as you said, you, you, you were on a, on a journey, uh, in this conversation. I make fun of people when they use that word, but yeah, I'm using it here. Uh, people just kind of need to, to be walked through why it's so bad. Uh, I, I, I have a lot of faith in people's ability to recognize badness. And, uh, and I, I think, uh, and I think it's really, um, it's important to confront, um, the, cases that go wrong and, and really wrong um, because, you know, these are the lives of, of, of people who, you know, obviously are, are seeking help in, in, in some way and are hurting. And the idea that, you know, they, uh, you know, like you described, you know, f- farting through your vagina that's made out of your colon, like, fuck, it's a nightmare. that's a, that's a nightmare. It, it, it really, um, uh, it really is. Um, so if people want to find uh, more nightmares, uh, I'm, I know that you're, you're happy to, uh, to oblige. Um, they can uh, check like 550 videos or something. And it's yeah, all that 500. It's like uh, just one more ring of, of, of Dante's Inferno. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, ex, Exalancic. I, uh, okay. Yeah. Exalancic. Exalancic.com. E X U L A N C I C. Um, S I C S I C. Oh, sorry. X, uh, E X U L A N S I C S I C.com. That that's right. Don't listen to me guys. Uh, listen to her. Um, and, uh, your videos are available on Odyssey on, um, on TikTok, and, uh, and you know, you, you're doing work, uh, you're doing real work, uh, as well. And, uh, in addition to this with uh, speech Thank pathology, you. is it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, uh, mostly, mostly early intervention. Cool. Stays, um, but uh, sorry, but otherwise a wide wide range of people. Awesome. Um, so I've got, got the day job, and I've got this that keeps me entertained at night. There you go, and thank you for uh, entertaining me tonight. And um, I hope uh, everybody listening is entertained as well through the nightmare. Thank you so much for listening. And again, please order my book. That joke isn't funny anymore. On the death and rebirth of comedy. Just follow the link in the description or head over to Amazon and search for Lou Perez. That joke isn't funny anymore. And please subscribe to my podcast. Leave a five-star review. Why not? Sign up for my newsletter at theluperez.com. And if you want other ways to support my work, you can join theluperez.locals.com. And of course, be sure to support my sponsors. PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Use promo code Lou for 25% off purchases over $75 and Black Organic Cold Brew. B-L-V-C-K-B-R-E-W dot com. Use promo code Lou for free shipping. Thank you.